just a few fellas on a podcast Ripping in the pitching jokes and sharing some laughs Or I'm lying in the bedroom Jerry Bernstein Ooh, they want to know if it's something If it's anything Yeah, did you send me iced coffee? Did I send you an iced coffee? No. Just somebody sent you an iced coffee? Yeah, and they signed the card homie, but not their name. And like they, they said, they called me homie in the card. And I was like, who else calls me homie other than Jared? I say homeboy. Just uh, your neighborhood drug dealer. I do like the idea of like a drug dealer doing gift coffees to everyone. Hey, I'm going to be selling <laughs> drugs here. As well as <laughs> New to the neighborhood. Uh, just got out of the crypts. I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> yeah, also you can't get out of the crips that's uh yes, that, blood that was blood the out. issue i had with what you said <laughs> <laughs> the bloods were way more easy breezy about it you know? i think see i beg to differ i think that you absolutely can get out of the bloods and the crips i think once you turn 40 they stop paying attention they don't really care if you're like still in they're like are you still hanging or get get out of here this is for 14 year olds <laughs> the problem, yeah, the when problem is no one ever turns 40 <laughs> yeah that is, that is the thing. as i'm saying if you get to 40 you're out like they're like blood in blood out or if you can rent a car, because then you're out. <laughs> can I get a gang call from you? Hey, uh, no, first and first. <laughs> Are you halfway in the Bloods and halfway in the uh, what's what's the what's the place that the Fonz meets at? Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you're a blood. Hey. I also like that your just, your sound check involves screaming gunshots into the microphone. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna get louder than that, Kevin. Yeah, when I when I like a joke, you know, I go. I was gonna say Jarrett shoots. Oh god, forget it. Has the Jarrett shoots the jukebox and it starts playing. That's that's worth it. Excellent. Kevin, how's it going? Thanks for joining us uh, today. First time guest, Kevin Dabrowski, everybody. Uh, what's on, anything on your mind you want to share with us? <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, sure. I feel a little down this week. I've been eating Starburst in bed. I don't know if you've been following me on Twitter. That's been a fun one. <laughs> that sounds oh, great to oh, me. It's a, it's a grab bag. And then I pick, I pick an order of which color I want to headline. Sure. But I, mm. I line up the flavors so it crescendos like a good show. I uh, tried the, you know, the Starburst minis, the ones that you don't have to unwrap. It's I like don't like snacks that do that to you. That's like yeah. just the sunflower seeds without the shells. It's lazy to me. And it's like <laughs> half half the battle of eating it. It Like half the fun of eating it is doing that. Like if there were no wrappers to stop me last night, I would be 50 <laughs> pounds heavier. <laughs> Are you talking about being in the Crips again? <laughs> 100%. There's no 40 year old rapper to stop me i would not be <laughs> i like also that this discussion is like kevin's like yeah i'm not doing well i'm eating candy and we're like let's focus on the candy i do like that honestly <laughs> I, I honestly like that because i'm not i i struggle with the thought of taking antidepressants that's why i have so many empty jameson bottles and candy wrappers on my nightstand mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the same as zoloft basically yeah, it like it yeah. just look it, it, it for someone that struggles with the copay i think it's appropriate you know i i in the last week have talked to like five of my friends 
where antidepressants came up and they were like, oh yeah, I, I finally was like, okay, let me give it a shot. And they're like, it's so good. And I was like, oh wow, that's great. I am a, a few years into taking antidepressants and uh, that was my journey as well. I was like, I can't believe I waited so long to take these. They're dope as hell. Makes my life a whole lot easier. I'm going to say, well, as soon as you're done making those, um, you know, Starburst whiskey <laughs> cocktails, you know, uh, I would say go for it. I would say go give it a go. I support. I endorse. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the thing I've heard, though, Kevin, is that the, the antidepressants usually come unwrapped. So I don't know if, <laughs> if you have OCD, they give you a special uh, prescription where each pill comes in its own little bottle that you got to unscrew. Oh, that'd be <laughs> so like nice. Just throw that away. Yeah, I my uh, I had a, a stint with antidepressants, but my experience wasn't as good, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there can be a journey and you got to blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was weird because my like depressive state was so completely life alteringly miserable that I wasn't sure if it was like in my mind, I was like, are we just kind of pissing in the wind, you know, dropping a bucket type <laughs> I don't really know. But like the side effects came. So I was like, something's happening. Just not the, the parts that are supposed to be helping me. <laughs> you know. Well, Starburst? you can't get it a boner anymore. So we know they're working. We know they're working. <laughs> you know, for me, it was the opposite, which was good. Because I think no boner would have driven me crazy. Instead, mm-hmm. it was just can never come. And I was like, mm. this is I don't weird. think it's the opposite of a boner, of not having a boner. Is that not the opposite? What's, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I was it's, it's the closest thing I can think of. It's having a boner all Always the time. having a boner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think the opposite of not coming is just coming. (laughs) (laughs) So the side effects are either you are flaccid and coming all the time, or you are always hard and can't finish. Mm. Well, it wasn't always hard, but it was it was can't finish. But when you can't finish, aren't you always hard? I mean, like when you're <laughs> good point. There, there was one sexual I saw that on a fortune cookie one. <laughs> Took you four hours to eat it. <laughs> one thing that helped me uh, energy wise and stuff and just kind of self-discipline was not aiming to come during sex uh, was a really it just was like because, you know, a woman, a woman can just keep coming and for the most part, some some can get a little sensitive, but they can come a lot more than us. And uh, if you just don't make it your goal, then you could just keep having sex for a really long time. Kind of like, I guess that's that's tantric a little bit. But yeah, uh, yeah it was it. But when I haven't come in a few days, I'm just like, yep, got to got to go to work and uh, just want to eat healthy. I don't know. You mean like not just a mindset, but rather, you know, the goal is is to complete sex. But you you're like, I definitely did not come. And, and the and the yeah. goal was to not during the yeah. entire like, experience. Yes, when you right. orga- when when I orgasm, I let's say I experience thirty units of pleasure. Mm-hmm. But if I'm experiencing one unit per minute of pleasure, and now I go uh, sixty minutes of sex, now I've I've ultimately had more pleasure. Right. Um, I disagree with this that. Get, this, this makes women wet to, to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> it just sounds right, like you come you. really slow over especially, an hour, <laughs> especially when you add the numbers. Oh boy. Oh man. Let's get some yeah. charts in here. But maybe we're up to seventeen noodles of pleasure. I don't understand where you're going. We're almost at thirty. One moan per minute is just <laughs> sixty minutes. And I'm done. <laughs> but also, women have more pleasure nerves. So an orgasm for them is just like this. It's a more pleasurable experience than for us. Coming feels great for, for us as well. Mm-hmm. But generally, it feels better for women. So I'm like, let me just give you tons of that. And then, yeah. you know. Well- 
I will tell you guys something that uh, I have not told a lot of people, which is that I had a lot of time coming uh, because of my depression for a long time. Like I had sex, you know, like a couple dozen times before I figured out how to finish during it. But then once I was able to do it during sex, I was like, this is so much better than a million of what I just did. And so I, I, I don't agree with your math there, Brett. So just to be clear, you were on antidepressants and you like no, taught yourself how to come? No, I was not on antidepressants. I was oh. depressed and wasn't able oh. to finish because of it. Too much going on in here. Too, too busy. <laughs> and yeah. not enough going on down yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> Think exactly. with the wrong head. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it crazy, you start by thinking the way? with your dick, please? Just start <laughs> thinking with your dick. <laughs> Meanwhile, your dick is like, I'm so sad. <laughs> in and out and in and out. Like, what's the point? <laughs> Every day, the same thing. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that like men in the 50s like all experienced this too, but just never talked about it and just beat their wives instead? Like, yeah, isn't that strange. Mm -hmm. Well, that's thing? what actually makes me come. <laughs> 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 I have a bit about that. I think that it's a I'm a young parent, and it's hard to be a parent right now because it's harder to be a kid. So as mm. a kid, I'm aware of everything I went through, and now as a parent, because I'm so aware, this generation we're so aware of everything we've been through it's harder not to parent uh, like to parent and not overcorrect it and mm -hmm. i think like every generation before us has had that we were just never able to complain about it before because you would get this shit beat out of you mm -hmm. so it goes mm -hmm. back generation 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 and all of my forefathers suppressed it and now i'm uncomfortable getting changed around my daughter because i don't want to give her issues it's like <laughs> such a weird world that we live in but all of that goes into play i'm like i i'm i it's harder for me to parent because it's harder for me to be a kid. It's That's... funny that we think that it just keeps on getting like softer and softer. It would be funnier if it was like more cyclical, like somewhere in like the 1850s, they were just like super woke, super like <laughs> chill and kind of like be whatever you want. Just grow up. Doesn't matter. And then that just didn't work. They're like, you know what? Fuck this. Racism. <laughs> kill the Indians. That, that, that's the way to be. It goes from like the French uh, French Renaissance to the Industrial Revolution. It's just like everything's beautiful and naked and everyone's coming all the time. And then and then Industrial Revolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Depression. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck this. We got a Carnegie's just come in. Like, fuck you guys. I don't have time to jerk you off the steam engine was just invented <laughs> Karl Marx is like everyone coming is communism and I'm against it <laughs> communism uh, I was gonna say so when I was in this early phase of my sexual history and I couldn't figure out how to finish I remember talking to a friend of mine just being like figure out how to finish I want to know more about that <laughs> is there a, a button combination the circle peg goes in the circle hole. Yeah, you know, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, A, right? <laughs> oh, the Konami uh, code. Yeah, exactly. The Konami code. Come. The come on me code. I'll do come this all day, guys. the come on me code. The come on me code. That's much better. He just got 17 coming puns and he's been waiting for this episode. <laughs> so I remember talking to a friend of mine, just be like, is it normal to have sex for like, like a half hour straight and my friend was like ah dude you're a stud well done and I was like yeah I'm really good at sex like, <laughs> you're like orgasms today? are supposed to hurt right <laughs> <laughs> do you guys all scream uh, let it happen already and look at God <laughs> is that what happens you guys raise your fists in the air <laughs> I remember a, a friend of mine in, in college started hooking up with a, a girl and I think it was his, one of his first like real sexual exploits. And I remember him bragging to us like, yeah, dude, I fucked Laura till she was dry. And we were like, oh, 
good job, man. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's how long. <laughs> Which is weird because it wasn't that long, but <laughs> still pretty impressive, I think. <laughs> I bet you that guy never changed his brake pads either. <laughs> Dude, I drive until it's grinding. That's how good of a driver I am. Sound? That's Same sound, you, bro. Same that's sound. how you can tell the car likes it. Yeah. <laughs> when there's smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah that everyone looks at smarter. you. Yeah. Smoker. <laughs> well, sorry to hear that you're not feeling so hot, but man, is it like a thing that you're like, I don't want to talk about it? Or is it like, a, oh, yeah, totally. This is what's up. I think I think we just hit it. I think I'm just depressed. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that whole 20 minute riff was just about how I have mental illness and mm. it's just rampant right now. So not no, situational, I, just, just it's going on in here. It's oh, sure, sure. I, so Brett and I have known each other for, oh, my God, uh, probably close to 12 years now. Yeah, yeah 12 months. <laughs> um, I have severe uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, and oh. I was Dang. not... Brett's like everything suddenly makes sense. <laughs> I like you're like I've known Brett forever, so he knows I've got OCD. He's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, everything. <laughs> no, everything um, in my life started to make more sense after I met my wife. My wife has uh, severe anxiety, and there's like a lot of bipolar that runs in in her family. So mental illness was always like a very open thing, and so she was able to identify a lot of stuff when I met my wife she started noticing a lot of the signs i'd never even heard the word anxiety until i met my wife when i was like 28 and then she started to explain certain things to me and 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 more and more it made sense uh she was like but i don't think you have inherent anxiety she's like i think that you have obsessive compulsive disorder and when things get messed up it gives you anxiety and i did research on ocd and it it was like i was reading my biography Mm. It was like every single symptom I've had at some point in my OCD life. OCD started doing stand-up comedy shows. <laughs> OCD is a regular around the New York comedy circuit. Uh, <laughs> been seen oh. on the Artie Lang show. <laughs> OCD ditch Bridgetown. Cool. Wow. You can hear OCD regularly on the Dino Vidala show on Sirius XM. Uh, hey, what's up? This is Mad Dog and the, and the Wiz. <laughs> we got OCD in the studio. Yeah, please do three. Uh, <laughs> you might have seen this next comic uh, circling the block, uh, talking to himself. <laughs> what, did you, what did you call anxiety before you had heard the, did you call it like bad stress? Ball? Yeah, yeah. I think, time? It, I think it was stress. It, the best way that I can describe how I have it is like, don't push the red button. And the red button just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, if I don't push this button, I'm going to die. It is easier to say anxiety than all of that. 100%. <laughs> you guys are like a fun therapist. <laughs> it's like you can get your issues out and then they'll make fun of you for it. But mm -hmm. but at the end, you'll feel better about talking about it. <laughs> and also the therapist is like, oh, yeah, well, I did that too. Oh, man, I'm still. <laughs> you know want a therapist that yes and you <laughs> tell you about how they couldn't come <laughs> i actually i was looking into i i like i was like i'm gonna try therapy and i didn't get far because the like the, the, the part of getting a therapist 
was so like there was so much in between and then it was like i finally found one and they were covered by my insurance and all that stuff and then they were like okay so just fill out all these forms <laughs> and uh in two weeks we can get you an appointment and i was like okay so if you successfully get to therapy you don't need therapy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 100 <clears throat> you know it's like uh you know you're developing coping mechanisms for yourself and i would never want to talk anybody out of um uh therapy if they're seeking it out or medication if they're seeking it out but there is something interesting about uh, the culture shift today which i enjoy but sometimes i think people push a little hard on this concept of like you're powerless you can't do anything about it you need external help right. and influences but we've already come to the place when it comes to doctors where it's almost like the tide has shifted on the other side where people are like you know i've gone to this doctor they were shit they don't know crap they don't care about you they're misdiagnosing you know all i needed to do was to stretch and <laughs> something <laughs> and it's shit like that happens a lot right so we've kind of like we had this we're in this my my from my perspective we're in this weird place where in the mental health field you're like an idiot if you're not going out to seek out help but in the physical ailment realm people are quick to be like fuck those doctors they're crooks <laughs> you know they're trying to do this. <laughs> Right. I'm not getting a depression vaccine. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> because like, I think that because when you do go to a doctor and kind of what you're saying, Kevin, the, those initial visits can give you some perspective. You know what's going on with your body. Mm -hmm. But then when you have that information, you're like, okay, I know what this is. You know, I'm having this particular type of flare up. So I'm going to deal with it in this way, blah, blah, blah. And hopefully if you have been therapized a bit and you know what your symptoms are and you know what your patterns are you're right sometimes you're like i think i gotta deal with this right uh i know what it is and i know i can get myself out of it it doesn't work that way with like um valtrex like you need to take valtrex <laughs> you have a flare a flare-up of herpes right, right. can't just be like i'm gonna i'm gonna cope with this with my own mechanism i just needed to stretch that was it <laughs> Uh, I want to add this since we're talking about it. I think that one of the benefits of therapy and medication for me was that, you know, depression for me, it came in a lot of <laughs> come. It, <laughs> it came in a lot of different forms, a little uh, a lot of different varieties. And so it was really difficult for me to at any given moment say, oh, that's my depression. That's my depression. But just yesterday I hit this thing that happened. It was it just like caused me to have a shame spiral. And because it was such an isolated thing, I was able to be like, okay, this is completely irrational. This is just a product of my depression. Now I know that when I'm feeling this, that it is completely fraudulent and I need to think of some coping mechanisms to deal with this. And it's because I'm seeing this homeopathic doctor and he gave me like all these home tests to do. Like I got to collect my spit and I got to collect my poop and stuff like that. <laughs> and one of the things is he gave me like this card that I'm supposed to bleed on. <laughs> <laughs> they give you these little things. You stick, stick your fingers on it and you got to bleed on the paper and you got to bleed like a lot. There's like 20 squares and you got to fill in all the squares with blood from your finger. And so I'm like, all right, I want to make sure I'm doing this correctly because this is important. So, so I jerked off on it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can now finish because I remember I'm on Zoloft now. <clears throat> <laughs> so I, I do all the things and I and I wipe it with the uh, the alcohol swab and they told you well you want to increase blood flow so so work out and drink water and run your hands under warm water and I'm like all right I did it all I did it all did it all and I do it and I puncture my finger and I was only able to get like two squares worth of blood and I'm like oh, I think I did something wrong here so then I did my other finger over here and couldn't even get an entire square of blood out of one finger and then I'm just like I just ruined this test I'm such a fucking idiot. I just ruined this. I gotta get another test now. Oh, you fucking. Oh, I can't believe you fucking did this. And now you got holes in your fingers for no reason. 
And that's how you figure out your 23% Norwegian and 5% German. It's just like a, a big 23 in me. However, you can bleed is what your ancestry is. So, yeah. So I suffered with that for like about an hour. And then I was like, oh, I'm just, this is the depression thing. Oh, okay. Okay. I think Jared's homeopathic doctor sent you a coffee this morning, Brett. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Uh, you said you're depression has been coming in all different varieties um mm -hmm. and i was thinking how funny it is to have like a depression variety pack and then you started talking about all the different tests you're like i gotta collect my blood i gotta collect my poop and i'm like is that the depression variety pack <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is a little poop what if that's i feel sad what if that's his actual like that wasn't even uh, the <laughs> the test it was just his thoughts were like go collect your poop go collect your blood <laughs> And then the test came in, and then I felt better. <laughs> I like to Jarrett blaming everything on on the depression. You know, he, he gets fired from his job. His wife leaves him. He's like, "This isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my brain." Uh, tell me back. Tell me back. <laughs> I go I'm to not work. Sad. I go to work the next day. And they're like, "You were fired." I was like, "I don't think I was. I'm on medication now." <laughs> la 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 la. My brain does crazy things to my head. Our order this week is Jarrett, Brett, Kevin, Rob, Jarrett, Brett, Kevin, Ooh, Rob, Jarrett, Brett, Kevin, Rob, Jarrett, Brett, Kevin. Rob. Okay, mm -hmm. here we go. Uh, I like to use the phrase passed away when describing death. It feels gentler. You know, it's like, how's your grandma? She passed away. Like, it sounds kind of pleasant. It's much better than the word dead, which is so much harsher and more dramatic. Like, how's your grandma? She's dead. She died. <laughs> then you have to throw your drink in their face. Like, dead! Ugh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Add, you son of a bitch. My one criticism of passed away is that it could be too gentle. Like, sometimes it doesn't fit how the person actually died. <laughs> it's like perfect for natural causes and dying in your sleep, but if it's anything else, passed away just sounds inaccurate. Like, how's your grandma? She passed away. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What happened? Torn apart by wolves. Oh my God, that's passing away? <laughs> she was sucked into a jet engine. Jesus! Oh my God. She passed away. She got smushed by a falling grand piano. Okay, that woman did not pass away. She did. <laughs> Pat, when somebody says that somebody passed away, it almost feels like you could be like, Oh, so when are they coming back? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Jesus passed away. Mm -hmm. and he, <laughs> that was the only hard out that he came back in three days. I want to I want to see a funeral where like a priest speaks at it. So this would be like a like a Christian or Catholic, you know, funeral. And the person did get brutally murdered. Like mm -hmm. I want to see because they're usually very gentle in their language and the way that they speak. And they're like, this is one of God's children. And they took God's children back. And, you know, God needed them, blah, blah. Blah. But you're like, no, this person was stabbed 17 times. You're like, right, right. But God needed them. That's really funny. So truly. So he sent his messengers down to his messenger was a to not dope open fiend. to not open the parachute. God needed someone with 17 stab wounds. I also like when you say, like, my grandmother passed away. It, it, to me, it'd be funny. If you go, oh, how? Uh, run over by a bus and then passed away behind, <laughs> passed away by us. <laughs> oh, oh, there goes grandma. She's, look, she's passing away. <laughs> uh, Rob, give me an idea of just like, Describing a, a pretty grisly death and then being and then adding surrounded by loving family members. 
Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Torn apart by wolves. So she loved animals. <laughs> Jared, I would put a slight, slight tweak on the, I guess, the premise in, in that I think it would make a little bit more sense to me if you were saying instead of like, oh, there can be other examples, it'd be like, I think there are certain examples where passed away f- doesn't fit. And Ed, that's basically what you're on. But it, I think that just altering that for, for me would, would connect a little bit more. Was anybody else there? I was there right away. That when I was talking about how it doesn't work for every method of death. Yeah, that where like, you, actually, yeah. you can check the footage. As soon as I start nodding my head, I already am like, yes. yes I actually, I noted that and I was like, it's funny that Rob's already there because I am setting up this for another sentence and a half. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> that's funny i think i audibly went nah. <laughs> for the comics they already start filling in the blanks you know it's like oh that yeah, would be a funny punchline yeah, i'm already left already i still not, haven't figured it out <laughs> that's not an audience tell when you have a comic not at the premise that's oh i love the direction they're going in mm, it's not necessarily true, true. even oh i got the joke already because because then they could flub the punchline in the direction you wanted to see and then you're disappointed in the joke Mm -hmm. but when you get another comic to go oh that's great (laughs) at the setup you're like oh there's so many different roads and i hope this is where it goes so Mm -hmm. i think that's more telling that you have something than the like when an audience laughs at a premise or just a really good audience Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know what's coming they're just laughing at Anything that's got a humorous twist to it. I agree with Kevin. Check the footage, because I think when Jared was like, I like the term passed away. And I was like, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, do it. But when you when you know where a joke is going, you're like pretty sure, like it's it's a hack premise or something like that. You're never nodding along. <laughs> it's like, yes. just like, I hope there's a twist here. Right, right, right. Why that's the chicken funny. cross the road? Yeah. 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 I actually... Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I actually nod actually... every time I hear someone say women be shopping. I go, oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> I was actually a little upset when you did say the thing because I was like, I was going to suggest that. <laughs> like, joke. <laughs> Any thoughts about, uh, you know, the dead part the, in the very beginning? Like, she's dead. She died. Then you threw your drink in their face. Oh, like, yeah. That I... Two on the nose or. No, I like that. I like that interpretation of throwing the drink. Of the face. I, I it, like when you say uh, my grandma is dead. It sounds like you're accusing the person. Yeah. Of doing it. she's dead, and it's your fault. I take that more as like, how's your grandmother? And you go, she's dead, and then you throw a drink in their face for even bringing it up to you. I do <laughs> like adding the as though it's their fault at the end. Like that feels like it could be even more meat to uh, scrape off the bone. There. Practical side to what I was saying was that mm. I believe that it is totally fine for you mm. to just say I like the term passed away, and then and then get to the next part quickly because it just rang on true to me that this is what you're talking about. I didn't buy that. I'm like, he's genuinely wants to tell me that he just likes the term passed away. It's really nice. And I'm like, that's not true. So you were like, I know that there's another joke about passed away. And it better be this. working. And that's where... And that's right, what he right, wants right. to get to. Is right, that right, where right. you were, instead of nodding, you were doing this like you were fishing? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I have to say that I uh, I just have to put it out there. I do not agree with Rob so hard that I needed to nod. I was trying to do a bit as soon as Rob started giving oh. feedback. And then I realized that it was probably rude because That's Rob funny. was giving good feedback and nobody noticed. And I was like, all right, now it just looks like I'm really agreeing with Rob so hard. And <laughs> I, I was like, oh man, I, I, I need to say something. That's really funny. <laughs> I actually so did feel good. This. 
catching you in my periphery, I was like, I am crushing it with this <laughs> back right now. Brett is super on board. <laughs> so question for you then, because I do like comparing um, Passed Away to She's Dead, but... Will it solve that if I then just like tighten that section up? If I do that joke quicker so that I can get to the turn, does that satisfy that for you, Rob? Or does it, are you, are you still like, that's all fluff. That's all fat. Cut that out of there. It feels that way to me. That's Mm. just me. I don't know. My, I'm always trying to move ahead. Audiences aren't generally, you know, if, if the moment is enjoyable enough, then great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not. 100% I would say sure. if you can, if you can tighten it up, that's always the answer. Yeah, I, I do, in generally enjoy that. You know, me and uh, Alan Altman, like literally, we're, we're doing a podcast for a while. We were, we're trying to guess comics punchlines. So my brain is like, not only do I enjoy writing jokes, but I actually fucking love cracking. <laughs> other comics jokes quickly don't listen to me too much when it comes to that because i'm like i want to figure this out like it's a real must hate my jokes (laughs) (laughs) i'll be like i got kicked out of magic school that's the setup (laughs) pause all right so let's see here i think it's got to do with this mechanic (laughs) i see i lie somewhere in between i am of the camp of adding layers and laughs along the way, as long as it's either engaging, building momentum, and doesn't hurt the sharpness of the ultimate punchline. I like sometimes, a lot of my bits end up being combined short jokes that don't work enough on their own. Mm. So I push them to either prove a premise correct, or it's a little side note. I call it like a cul-de-sac. If I'm driving down you know, a road, I, I kind of drive down this cul-de-sac, I fill this whole thing, and I get back on the road. I do that a lot with longer bits because I don't want it to drag until it gets to the punchline and I want that momentum build and it's almost like you prove each section of the joke true until you hit the the final punchline but again that being said if it if it takes away from the sharpness then I'm against doing that I think it's mm-hmm. camping too much so it's, it's got to help the ultimate bit and if it doesn't then then I take it away those roads are called cul-de-sacs too correct yeah it's not just something you call them no 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 I made that up <laughs> <laughs> I call them I call guys pre- uh, cul-de-sac jokes. <laughs> I, like, I call my I like balls cum de sacs. And number nine. Uh, number nine. <laughs> Sometimes people will have these long, drawn-out stories, and then they'll say, like, yeah, and then I can throw a couple jokes in there to get there. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you just described like the hardest thing in the world to do. <laughs> just throw in a couple of good jokes. I'm like to get to this thing. I was like, I don't right. think that's the way to go. You should probably focus on shortening and clarifying clarifying this story as much as humanly possible and only focusing on the absolute most important details. And then if you have something that is just undeniably funny and hilarious, but also thematically related and helpful to the overall point, yeah, yeah, then we can add that joke in. Well, sure, mm-hmm. sure. So a lot of a lot of what you're saying, the latter of what you're saying is really forcing a theme and it forces a punchline that is uh, inorganic to the set just because you think it needs to fit on this linear line. I write linear because all of my act is really just my experience. So like my voice is just my per- my perspective. The subject matter is just what I'm going through in my life. So like what I'm working on for my hour is all about being a, a new dad. And my first hour was about getting married. So it's just really my perspective of all these different stages in my life. Like Brett and I could not be more opposite of each other. Uh, in fact, uh, so much so he didn't even know I had OCD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought Brett's got BCD. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, yeah, DCO. DCO. <laughs> 
I've always been jealous of comics that can just like, like write short, good jokes on just like a variety of different subjects. And it's like, you've got something for everyone. For me, I have to find a way to relate exactly what I'm going through to people that may never, ever live that experience. Mm. And I find that like, that's mostly what my voice is, is like, here's what I'm going through. And I now have to find a way to fucking relate that to every type of person in the crowd. <clears throat> Who's ever been married and had a kid? Like nobody. <laughs> How am I going to make this relatable? <laughs> you will never experience this you in your life. This. How do I put it in the words? And it, it is because I am a, a wordsmith and I have crafted <laughs> this experience for you that you're even able to get a sliver of it. My, yeah, my, my, my special is called Children of Men. I'm the last one on earth that's able <laughs> to have a natural Children fit. <laughs> All right. Anything else Great. for this bit, y'all? Excellent bit. Thank you, guys. All right. Next up, thank you for the content. I keep on doing that. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the notes. Notes is better. Thank you for the oh notes, God. everybody. Thank you for the you feedback. Possessed by a YouTuber? What just happened? <laughs> Don't forget to smash that <laughs> like and button. Smash, smash, subscribe. <laughs> that like. just bugged me. It so bugged me that I. Sorry, that keeps happening. It's uh, the second time that that tripped me up. There was a I, episode that I'm editing right now where I was like, "Thanks for the content," and then you guys roasted me for that. You're like, "All right, you think of everything as content, Jared." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for the notes and for the feedback. <laughs> Next up, we got a bird. Right. A nice little quick one here today. If you do heroin a lot, people are like, that guy's got a problem. But if you do mushrooms a lot, people are like, that guy's cool. <laughs> Which I like. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> uh, quick note, I think that cool is a little too unspecific. I think you should. That guy is a great spirit guide or something like that. Something that's a little bit more specific to mushrooms. That guy is going places. Somebody Be does a lot of mushrooms going places? Mentally. Mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally. Emotionally, yeah, that's true. What about, uh, what about if somebody does a lot of mushrooms, everyone's like, he's so interesting. He has so many interesting, I always saying cool things. I was but, trying yeah. to specifically set it up for that guy's got a drug problem mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. that guy's cool. Like mm -hmm. thinking that guy's got, it's going to be in the same format, but it's just kind of undercut with the word cool. I, for some reason, I do agree with Jarrett though, that cool just sounds like the <laughs> wrong, reason. for some reason. I don't know what's going on today. <laughs> That's a little Freudian slip. You know, the, fucking, the idiot that I do this show with who never says anything correct. I agree with it this time. Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm gonna have to examine this after the episode today. Maybe Am I should okay? get back on antidepressants. We should go to therapy. I should. Okay, I have to interject with this. My mom has only Sorry. met Rob one time, and it was very brief. And I just had lunch with my mom recently, and she had met and spent more time with Brett. So whenever she's asking about how my friends are, she's always like, "How is Brett?" And I'm like, "Oh, Brett's good." But this time she goes, how's Rob? I really like Rob for some reason. <laughs> but I remember thinking like at the time, it's so funny that she added for some reason, because I know what she meant. She meant was like, I haven't spent a lot of time with Rob, yeah. but I like him as opposed to I have spent a lot of time with Rob. <laughs> 
and I still like him for some reason. <laughs> well, I think I think that you just broke down what Rob said. I have spent a lot of time uh, with you, and for some reason today, I agree with you. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to offend Jared, so I will say what what was probably going through my mind, which was Brett gave a a, a full throated defense of his mm-hmm, word mm-hmm. choice, and I just was like, yeah, but I still there is a there there is a part of me that does agree with what Jared's saying. So mm-hmm. there is reasoning. <laughs> I think you should have said, for some reason, I disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just feels very A to B, you know, just to say that guy's cool. Yeah, but that has been my experience. Like, nobody is like, oh, drug. Everybody's just like, oh, cool. All right. Yeah, I don't want to deny the reality of the joke either. Mm-hmm. Like it almost felt like like a letdown of a punchline, like almost like what we were talking about before, which is like, OK, I think I know where this might be going, which is like, this is bad. This other thing is good. But surely Brett's going to have the right word that I didn't think of. Mm-hmm. But then when you said cool, I was like, no, oh, that's that's because I'm I'm three steps ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about how three dimensional chess is just tic tac toe. <laughs> Are you married to the guy that does heroin is lot? Uh, is a drug addict. He's made me think of a, a side joke, if you don't mind me popping it in there. Yeah. Uh, people like using that phrase, like, are you married to this idea? But it's really weird to use it with a divorced guy because you're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> are you married to the idea? Maybe I was for 15 years. <laughs> and then maybe fucking it just, nothing matters anymore because she's a, he's a terrible person. <laughs> well, if somebody who's been divorced tells you that they're married to an idea, they're probably not that attached to it. That's great. <laughs> That's hilarious. So much better than Brett's joke. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to get one in, in a few seconds. <laughs> no, I think I like the idea of so when you say cool, it, it inherently means that people want to hang out with that guy. People like being around that person and want to experience more of that. So when I hear that, I hear like someone that does heroin a lot, you go, wow, I wonder if he's got a drug problem. Someone do, that does mushrooms a lot, you go, wow, I wonder if he's got more mushrooms. Mm. It's like one of those situations. That's what I hear in my head is like no one That's wants fine. to be around a heroin addict but everyone wants to be friends with the guy that does mm-hmm. mushrooms right sorry what about this variation if somebody does a lot of heroin everyone's like that guy's got a drug problem if someone does a lot of mushrooms everyone's like that guy's got a didgeridoo and he played it on stage with vampire weekend <laughs> that guy's cool as shit <laughs> what about what about that guy's got a lot of friends if that guy uh if a guy does heroin a lot, they go, wow, that guy's got a drug problem. If someone does mushrooms a lot, you go, wow, that guy's probably got a lot of friends. Something in that direction that just unfunnily explains what I did before. <laughs> I feel like I've picked up on a, a tell of when Brett's just like, none of this is helpful. I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's usually when I'm done talking and you guys start giving me feedback. <laughs> it's like, I know what the point of this joke is and you're getting further and further away from it. <laughs> Do you not like any of these, Brett? Uh, I liked Kevin's, uh, what was it? That guy's got more mushrooms. That, that yeah. one to me was like a, an equally funny take, maybe even, even a little bit funnier. But uh, it's not like a, it's, it's just a very simple joke uh, on the perception of, of, you know, different drugs and, and how people are. I think that the term drugs is just like a very strange coverall. And we don't like have a good enough lexicon for all the different types of drugs. Like you're kind of hitting it just like heroin versus this. We do have some words. There's like depressed 
antidepressants, narcotics, uh, psychedelics, whatever. So there's a part of my brain that has to ignore the fact that we already do make the distinction that like heroin is not a psychedelic specifically. So there's a part of me that's going like, yeah, well, seasoned drug users and people who know drugs are not going to put psychedelics in the same category as as narcotics, right? Like that's just something we're not going to do. So there's like a little bit of a logic thing for me there where I'm like, yeah, I think we all know the differences between that. that? In in this, you know, this is a, a larger chunk that I'm just adding a line to. I'm I'm going, you know, I'm not much of a drugs guy. So I am using this thing where I, if I'm saying I'm not much of a drugs guy, that could mean I don't do heroin. And it could also mean that I don't do mushrooms. It, it is playing on on that thing. And, and within the way that we consider, if somebody says I, I do drugs, that could mean either thing. I was going to say, actually, um, how far, Rob, into your explanation did you realize Brett stopped listening to you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my, I, what I love doing is just going further into, like, drugs and, like, what is this word? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Brett's on drugs. <laughs> I do think the joke is much funnier when you're talking about your experience with mushrooms because then at the end, you're basically calling yourself cool. And I think it adds a different layer to the joke. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm only trying it once uh, I did it on the tail end it, it got a pretty good response um, yeah. but it's, it's just like in that joke I'm basically saying I have to do mushrooms a lot Right, and, right, uh, right. Now I am commenting on like it's a weird perception change because you know you'd think telling people that they would be like, oh, this guy's got a drug problem, but that's really you know not the case. Right, but mm. that but it also becomes a double entendre of you calling yourself cool, which makes it even funnier. Where it's like you're not a, it's not just a generalization on society. It's like you're also being like, yeah, that guy's cool. <laughs> it's like you just told <laughs> three minutes of you taking mushrooms, and now you're like, yeah, the guy that takes mushrooms is really fucking awesome. He's got like you know he's got a great life. <laughs> He, you know, <laughs> like that's just what I hear back from people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of other drugs too. So I'd be curious to know is there some kind of overarching word that can go with other drugs? Because that's what immediately where my mind's thinking. I'm like, is he going to do marijuana? Is he going to do cocaine? Is he going to talk about other other drugs too? And I know that that seems too fairly obvious. Yeah, we go. <laughs> then my mind jumps to like, it'd be funny if like a cancer guy came out and he's like, I do tons of drugs. It's chemo though. So it's not that cool. <laughs> but I do tons of chemo. Just, lo- just give me more. When you do Let's a lot of heroin, people are like, that guy's got a drug problem. When you do a lot of chemo drugs... It's got a a drug solution. (laughs) (laughs) Or wait, hold on. Are you spelling cool with a K? Because then I changed my entire thought. If if it's cool with a K, I'm totally on board with all of this. (laughs) These are also the execs at Kool-Aid. They're like, I don't think this drink's going to work. There's no way kids are going to. Wait a minute. Did you just spell cool with a K? (laughs) Do you mean cool cigarettes? Because now I'm on board. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thanks, guys. I don't think you mean that. I don't think you I mean that. I never do. I never do. Be meant it for months is that now. thanks with a K or a C? <laughs> All right. Well, um. uh, great bit, Brett. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Kevin. But before we get to him, just want to remind everybody to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash ITA pod. Best Patreon on the block. We got a lot of exclusive episodes for only patrons. A high riding challenges. We got at the movies. We got great ideas. We got kids on bikes. Additional tears for more money, but you can join for as little as a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash ITA pod. Next up, we got uh, Kevin Nebraska. All right. What I like about that, what you just did is you did the average 
advertising before I talked in case people sign off after I start my joke. <laughs> <laughs> they never hear the ads <laughs> for the Patreon. You're like, let's just get this in the can just in case when he opens yeah, you're his a wild mouth, card. viewership plummets. <laughs> yeah, ask all of our other guests. I always do it after the guest. But for you, I was like, put this in beforehand. I feel like we're going to lose some uh, some clicks <laughs> once this guy starts talking. So the, the joke that I have, is uh, it's actually one of my cul-de-sacs in a much larger bit. I can't seem to get the the rhythm, the wording, the timing, subject, or the punchline in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so so. Basically, the overall premise that I have is that as a new parent, the most shocking thing is how you can't be yourself. And it's weird because you find out that you're going to have a kid, and you think to yourself, "I have to change everything about myself." And then you have a kid and realize how unrealistic it is, and you go, "I." I have to change who I am in front of my kid. And it's really, I'm I'm really working on the wording. I want to mirror those. I'm not, a, I just haven't sat down to actually think of the wording of it. Brett, do you have a question? I thought you raised your hand. I was like, oh, that's oh, No, I, I itched my arm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought of more reasons why he hated our notes. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about saying cool? Uh, <laughs> so you find out you're going to have a kid and you go, I'm fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> you just have to pretend to be someone else. To prove that right, I've got these cold sex along the way where I go, do you know how hard it is being a father with road rage? Do you know how hmm. difficult that is to just be a completely different person. And I had a revelation yesterday because a woman uh, in a Starbucks drive-thru told me I had to go around to go behind her, even though I had been there longer, going from the other direction. And with my wife and kid in the car, I can't I can't be myself. <laughs> what I want to do is tell her to go fuck your mother. But I can't do that in front of people. And I don't want to say that in the bed. I want to find a different way of just wording it. But really what it is, being a father with road rage is just being a cuck on wheels. You just have to let people fuck. <laughs> your car and be okay with it <laughs> and it's funny. so difficult for me to do that i was changing lanes to, to go home the other day and my kid was in the back seat and i had my left blinker on for about three blocks it was bumper to bumper traffic and no one would let me in so i eventually just forced my way into the lane and the guy behind me threw his hands up like i ran over his mother on the way to that lane and it incensed me i lost my mind full me came out i went i've had i'm screaming in the mirror i go i've had my blinker on for three blocks you wouldn't let me in i'm not an asshole you're just a fucking dick and i screamed that in the car and then a second later my daughter screamed dick and it was like <laughs> the moment i realized i have to change i don't know what like i i can't be me around a kid and i think that's why fathers have baby on board stickers i don't think they're afraid <laughs> of getting into an accident i think they're afraid of getting cut off it's like <laughs> give me a break i can't curse at you just right. be gentle when we drive. I really think that's the situation. That's the main cul-de-sac I really can't figure out. And then there's a bunch along the way to a bigger story that's actually done about learning how to speak like a father. So mm. it's the realization that I can't be myself. Here's proving why I can't be myself because I'm an animal. Here's how I've seen parents be to kids, which is like parents just, they, they really, they pander, which is probably where the word comes from. It's probably a delineation of being a parent. I watched a mother at a kid's party go, Will you eat? Will you eat if I eat with you? Will you just watch me eat? Will you eat? Will you eat, Will you eat if I leave and I never come back? <laughs> it's just like it's like negotiating. Like I'll like any any inch I can get so your kid lives. And then going into my experience of learning how to talk like a father, because I actually did get into a, a fight with another father at a store. And, That's and funny so, because if you're both like just trying to not 
100%. Dude, 100%. He literally, he cut me in line and I went, what the fuck? And my wife saw me go to do it and she goes, act like a father, act like a father. And I go through this whole thing of like my split parents and how they acted. And, and the overall premise of being a dad is just, you have to be so nice they know you're angry. That's the only way you're able to actually be mad as a parent. I now have to go up to another grown man and say, I just want you to know I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So I got to be so nice. He knows this. I go, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's my mistake. Please, by all means, after you. And this really happened. The guy leaned in. He goes, thanks so much and have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I turned to my wife and I go, I'm pretty sure you just told me to fuck myself and father. <laughs> it's the realization, proving how I know I can't do this, watching how other parents do it, and then my experience of trying to do that. So the road rage thing has me the mirroring of the premises and punchlines that I haven't figured out yet. I think the the funniest thing for me is that you uh, probably the, the most common lesson that people are teaching their children is essentially to be themselves. Um, <laughs> Right. And so you're just like, you're now, in order to teach them that, you just have to totally not do that. When you are talking about the difference between changing yourself versus just changing yourself in front of your kids, there's an idea in like, where's your space then? Like, where do you just get to be you now? Right. So, so to answer that real quick, what I mm -hmm. was saying, I would say I have to change everything about myself. And then I would say I have to change the room that I'm myself in. I just think it's unrhythmic and I think it's too ambiguous for the audience to follow me along. I know my thought process of like, oh no, I just have to be myself in a different room. No, no. I mean, I think that this could be uh, an additional bridge from one bit to another. What does it look like when you're trying to have road rage, but you're also doing baby talk at the exact same time? <laughs> you know, so it's just like, <gasps> he just cut daddy off, didn't he? <laughs> I so my so my sister-in-law does this thing. If her kids aren't talking enough, she go tell Uncle Kevin what you did today. And like I always laugh about that because it's like you clearly just want to tell me what the kids did today. So just mm -hmm. tell me, <laughs> tell me yourself. But it is funny to be like, why don't you tell the stranger what he did wrong? Why don't you tell the stranger that he's gonna give daddy a heart attack if he keeps doing this? <laughs> That's really funny. Mm. I used to work at the uh, Olive Garden in Times Square, and um, parents often with their little kids wanted to like build up their self-efficacy by having them order for themselves and I am busy and I'm just like look this is not the time to teach your kids some fucking life lesson right, like, right, right. there's two things on the menu it's chicken fingers mac and cheese mm -hmm. they're like what would you like they're like grapes like they don't have grapes, they don't have grapes. what would you want cereal okay baby they don't have cereal tell me I'm like what the fuck are you doing uh, just tell me uh <laughs> yeah, order I mean, for the kids <laughs> at uh, Trader Joe's sometimes people would have their kids hand me the groceries one by one from the, oh. the cart and then I would be like okay like lines <laughs> building and then so I would start like you know grab and they a parent actually went we're trying to teach her not to grab and I was like okay well good luck with that <laughs> you teach I her love, another time <laughs> I love Brett just asking the baby for permission to grab everything from the cart can I grab the chicken may, may now may I may I <laughs> <laughs> One more joke about Olive Garden. I was d passing out dishes to everybody. Every time I passed out a dish, the parent was very keen on making sure that the, that the kid was said thank you. They're like, and what do you say? Like, thank you. Pass out a plate. What do you say? Thank you. What do you say? There's like three different kids. And then fucking, I give her a plate and she says nothing. 
And there was like this moment, you know, my brain, I was like, ah, God, this is too funny not to say. And I looked at her, I was like, and what do you say? <laughs> and she looked at me like, you piece of shit. All right. That's so funny. My um, my daughter says, bless you, every time someone sneezes. She's a year and a half, and it's really cute. But my wife sometimes has bad allergies, and we'll get into a sneezing oh, no. fit. So she says, bless you, every single time. And sometimes sometimes I look over, and I go, I go, dude, you might want to page yourself. This is going to last like two hours. <laughs> like, do the first and do the last. Nothing in between. It's <laughs> April. It's April. Inherited your OCD. <laughs> she does the that. cutest thing where she touches a doorknob 15 times exactly every time she leaves the room. And if she doesn't, I die. <laughs> She's a fear of the oven being on when we're in play, you know, we're at the playground. <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. I never thought about that. Like the OCD person's always concerned that like their grandma's going to die if they don't do a certain thing. But I wonder like what the grandma feels about that. If the grandma's ever like, did you touch that thing <laughs> 15 times? Like, I don't, I don't need this to be my last day on earth yeah. <laughs> all right i'm sorry i'm sorry do, 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 do. do you think that's what was going through cuomo said he's like if i don't cook these books old people are gonna die great premise man there's so much stuff here that i really really liked talking about how you have to become a different person as a dad there is like a, a time though that goes away eventually. And then eventually you merge into each other. And you're maybe you're just kind of like waiting for that day where you can start to be yourself again. And like, I wonder what that age is going to start to be right. where you're like, this was it the whole time. This this was me. Sorry. You're like that other right, guy right, was like right. this fake phony baloney guy. Also, I love the concept of when you curse this person out or when you said this whole sentence, then your daughter says dick. And then it just made me think of this cul-de-sac, if you will, maybe of like, it is funny how curse words just do hit different like they are there sure. is something about it that like i said a lot of words to that woman <laughs> but my daughter zeroed in on the best one she was like what did you just say like i just dropped like like fucking you know beat it on her like i i, I just like dropped a michael jackson hit she was like what the fuck is that i want that on repeat like right. wow yeah, you even said the word interesting in that sentence and she chose dick <laughs> <laughs> it is fun Funny too, because uh, and I swear to God, every time she hears a, a, a horn honk, she says "fuck," but she says "truck" or "duck." She doesn't know what the word is yet. But wow. from driving with me the other day, she's just like a car was stuck outside the house and just honked, and she went "fuck," just like in the in the living room. And my wife just stared at me, and she's like, "You know that one?" Like I don't even drive. She's like, "That one, that one has to be you." It's like this weird Pavlov Pavlov's dog situation. She hears a horn, and it's like she's in bumper to bumper New York traffic. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, uh, could I uh, interject yeah, real quick? Of course. Because I was thinking about the two people again, where, you know, there's who you are and who you want to be in front of your daughter. Do you anywhere in the bit talk about like the difference between you and this other person? No, I break down my realization of how I have to be. What I say is, because my wife said, you have to act like a father now. And mm -hmm. what I end up saying is, I don't know how a dad acts. My dad just talked until people got bored and walked away. Way, and then eventually he did too. Uh, and I say, my mom really perfected being a parent. She would be so nice. You'd know that you're in trouble where if you did something wrong and you go, I'm so sorry. And then your parent goes, get in the house before I beat your fucking ass. You go, well, once the bones reset, they'll forget about it. But then if you go, I'm really sorry. And they go, it's fine. You go, I'm going to die in my sleep tonight. <laughs> You're going to absolutely kill me. And that's my realization of the separation between them is like, 
I'm not a nice person and I now have to be nice to let people know I'm actually angry. And maybe that's what it is right there. I know I'm not a nice person. I'm aggressive, I'm tired all the time, but I now have to fake being nice so they know who I really am to begin with. I think there's a potential material there for just just, just describing that person. Totally. When I'm in a room with my daughter, suddenly, you know, like I, I don't curse anymore. I don't have rage problems. This guy that, that is raising my daughter doesn't X, Y, or Z. I do think where I'm going after this is the realization of, of who I am as uh, an aging man and just accepting, like I'm accepting, I'm accepting becoming crotchety. It doesn't even bother me. I like being that. I like being short with people because it limits what annoys me, if that makes sense. So that's like, I feel like that's going to be the whole next direction is like, I have my wife, I have my daughter, and my next part of my act is just going to be about my relationship with myself, really. Here's something that I wanted to explore. I think that this notion is flawed. Just because we happen to have certain knowledge now, and we have a certain opinion culturally as to how we're supposed to raise kids does not mean that we are ultimately correct. It just means that this is what we have come to right. believe in 2022 uh, in America. That's it. Where you you have to put on such a front and such a face. Because I think there's a decent argument to be made that you being your true self and showing your daughter how to exist in the world, there's a strength to that too. I find it to be like really fascinating for you to be like, now I'm trying to be super nice to this guy. He's trying, but that's not how he would handle the situation. Totally. And that's not how I would want her to handle the situation when she grows up. So I, now I'm like driving myself crazy. I'm like, should I just unleash the beast and just let her know, like, right. this is what this is how it's done? And then it made me laugh because I was thinking of the Indians again. I was like, people didn't do this back then. Just because some pilgrim had his kid with him, he wasn't like, all right, uh, very good. Oh, oh, a musket. Oh, wow, that is that is very very nice. Okay, that's actually how <laughs> the Thanksgiving British. started. They were, <laughs> they were so angry Ooh, they just sat down to dinner okay. with each other. <laughs> they both had their sons with them. Oh, we'll sit down. Oh, corn. Wow, Would you, you call it. Maze? The mashed potatoes, Interesting. please. <laughs> Interesting. And they're like, hey, hey, Junior, why don't you go run inside real quick? I'm just gonna have a talk with the old with the natives here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He's got a fucking yeah. machete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just run along, run along. We're just gonna have a talk. And then I had this other like kind of dopey, like off idea. You said that there's a separate room that you could be yourself. I don't know if that's a metaphorical room or if that's a physical room. If your daughter ever wanders into that room, she's like, This room smells like what is this? <laughs> what is this room? It's just like horrible. Like all right. of your terrible thoughts, habits. You just... can sense the hate just radiating <laughs> yeah, out of that room. Like, oh God, it's glowing from underneath the, the door. I actually, I like it better if it's a physical room and she goes, this room really smells. What's happening in here? <laughs> There's just alcohol and candy just fucking yeah, has everywhere. This, has this always been here? <laughs> when you said, you know, yeah, I have to go to a different room to be myself. I was like, well, that's why men love garages. 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. You think we're just hanging out, but we're just fucking air punching <laughs> so there's like a curse wall you're just fucking yelling instead of a glory hole you just put your mouth on it and yell curse words into it <laughs> that's great the problem with this bit it's the last joke in the hour and i'm too close to it i can't see the corners i can't see the the different angles that you guys are seeing so this 
Like I just wrote down all these notes um, and the word cool. With a <laughs> <laughs> so no, this did definitely gave me a lot to like bring on stage and then see kind of what angle works. It's it's kind of now I'm in that accordion phase. Joe DeVito says it perfectly. It's an accordion. You expand and contract until you get to like the perfect sound of the joke. But no, okay. this definitely helps. And that's an instrument that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. Absolutely. We all know how to get the good, the, just the perfect Part of the mm-hmm. It's the didgeridoo effect. <laughs> uh, great <laughs> yeah. day, Kevin. Hope that was helpful. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Ryan. Ryan. Uh, all right. I imagine that when a race car driver gets cut off in traffic, they're probably like, solid. <laughs> solid move. Like, how could they get angry? Like, that's, yeah. they do this shit all the time. They're just like, well, you know, I mean, a little on the technique, but otherwise... <laughs> Actually, not bad. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him. Is there a word that you could use, like the way that people that play chess, they would be like, ah, the 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 Greeks could do. Uh, you that's, know, that's that's a good point. So You're when right, they cut I you off, know. just be like, hey, you know, I gotta hand it to him. That was a perfect uh, <laughs> Earnhardt's lefty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, yeah, maybe not, maybe not a technical term, but like they could remember, like ah, I remember when uh, Andretti pulled that one on me uh, uh, back in 06. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. Mm. What if he also has some criticism for it? He's just like, "Eh, should have pedaled in. He should have pedaled in. (laughs) Yeah, oh, like criticism Mm -hmm. for himself, you mean, or for him? Or or either one, I think is really funny. You know, just like, "Eh, you know, I left an opening. Yeah, yeah, he's more mad at himself. He's like, yeah, I left an opening. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Does does NASCAR have like referees? Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. Do some of that. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even know if they had a referee, so I don't know what a referee would tell somebody in a situation where they were doing something wrong. He's so. honestly a guy that sits on like a lifeguard chair and he just watches. He watches them go 150 miles an hour around the thing. <laughs> kind of funny. Like, what are you, what are you going to do if something's going wrong? Like, no, no, no. Like, oh, boy. Everybody's all the cars have to stop. He goes up. The car's like, starts talking to him. And then the cars are like, it's like, hey, don't you do that to me. Flag on the play 20 laps ago. Wasn't able to say it in time. I don't think this is going to work. But what if you did like the national treasure? Like it reminds him of something that makes him a better driver in the ring, you know? On, on the track so he gets cut off and he's like interesting and he like takes out paper and he's like <laughs> oh that's right. funny then no, the next time he races funny. everyone's like where did he get that <laughs> I do like Jared's uh, <laughs> Freudian slip of a NASCAR car being in a wrestling ring and the next time he gets in the ring he's just running wrestlers over it you said <laughs> you said the ring instead of oh yeah just because I don't I don't follow NASCAR so I don't know but that's so funny oh, to I'm me. sorry the ring around the Rosie whatever the, the racing <laughs> court you know next time he's in the high school hallway he's uh listen when they drive around the field or whatever uh... i got one one liner i wanted to throw out to you guys and then i will fade off into the sunset all right uh, oh my god gonna pass wow. away <laughs> pass away is someone changing your past right now what's gonna happen i always wanted to uh rock one of those chinese finger traps but i don't think i can pull it off <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> What's the point? It's the perfect joke, you know. <laughs> what are we even doing here? 
That's it. Mm-hmm. No notes, just thumbs up or thumbs down, unless you got better wording. Or thumbs together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. No notes. I love it. Uh, this was a great app. We did it, boys. Kevin, anything you want to plug? Where, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me online at all of my social media at Kevin Dombrowski. Uh, there's a link tree in the bio. It's got uh, my own podcast called Just Joking, where I sit and riff with uh, another comic each week on news stories going on uh basically doing what comics do off stage anyway uh and then also my tour dates are updated weekly and uh that's at the bottom and it's got links to my other social media thank you so much for joining us uh what an excellent guest and a great episode and great yeah. audio Thanks, quality Gary. too that's can't wait to that's hear that new yeah. hour my man oh, yeah. i'm gonna drop it as soon as this episode's done <laughs> <laughs> you uh highlighted chats i'm gonna read out uh this show is great and teaches us a lot about comedy and writing i love you guys and the content that you make for some reason. <laughs> Excellent steel mold. All right. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, Jarrett, what goes where? Outro goes here. Thanks so much for watching. Check back every Monday for new episodes, or you can listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. If you want to help support the show, tell your friends how much you like Is This Anything. Or get involved, like an episode, share, comment, subscribe. If you want more Is This Anything, you got to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash We have a ton of awesome exclusive content on there, and you can join for as little as a dollar a month. Check out the links in the description, and hopefully we'll see you next week.